1: With Alex Golden and Michael Fachi. Duarte, he knows where the clock
0: is, lets it fly, and hits again! Halliburton at the buzzer, captain, push, with another one! Oh, and the hammer <laughs> for Matherin! Halliburton leaves it off for Batase.
1: Go go. good job! Oh, what a move by Heald, he lays it in. Heald, hotter than fish grease! Dropped it off to Jalen Smith! With the poster. Jackson the catch. Jackson the basket. Come
2: Turner on, Miles.
1: To tie it. Yes. He does. Tied at 106. Washington again. Five of them. Pacers got the steal. Out running is Brissett. House it holds it to, to Taylor. Taylor missed it. Tips it in. Ball loose.
3: Halliburton
0: going to slam it at the
3: other end. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace. I am the one true Pacer fan here, Alex Golden. And joining me is the Denver Nugget appreciative Carmelo fan, the one and only Michael, needs to work on his release and his jump shot. Focci, what's going on, brother?
1: Alex, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Bro, the shot that was wet. The shot oh, was no. nasty. It was not, it was not <laughs> wet. It it bounced a couple of times on the rim. Bottom line, I won the prize for my wife. But, yeah, hey, look, I know you tried a sick Pacer Nation on me, but the, our longtime listeners know I got a soft spot for Melo. Always yeah. have. So that jersey, <laughs> man, I don't even know. I must have got that jersey back in middle school. But, hey, still hold on to it. But, Alex, we missed some big news over the weekend. We had already recorded, but the Pacers were able to bring a familiar face back. Who was it? Ladies
3: and gentlemen, it was Sticks himself, Jalen Smith, coming in with a two-year deal, Fauci. Sham Sharania tweeted it out about 7 or 8 o'clock on a Friday night. I'm sitting at home watching Stranger Things with my wife, trying to watch volume two, and then all of a sudden this happens, and I won't lie, as great as Stranger Things is, I was distracted. I was on Twitter. I was reading everybody's uh, post talking about him. I mean, Jalen Smith, I'm going to have to go back and watch Stranger Things, don't get me wrong, but Jalen Smith, Coming back to the pace on this kind of deal, like we didn't rule it out. We thought there could be some good. There's there's a good possibility he was coming back. We we felt that a little bit, but the fact that he actually did it and it's legitimate now, it, it, it Fochi, it just kind of took my breath away. I was so
1: surprised. First off, I finished Stranger Things. It was phenomenal. Uh, I'm sure a bunch of our listeners have. If you haven't, check it out. Second. I'm with you. I was not expecting it, but I remain so hopeful. It was like, please, basketball, God, shine upon us. Like, let a man come back who wants to be here. Just let the stars align. We weren't asking for this. This mega, you know, all-star, you know, landing a big fish. We're talking about a guy named Jalen Smith who's comfortable here, who we knew we were limited on what we could offer, but we felt that his familiarity with the team, with the offense, all of that could add up to being why not take a couple bucks less. I don't know what the offers were out there. Not sure if his market ever really heated up. But a major win to get Jalen Smith back. I believe it's a two-year, $9.6 million deal. Alex, you and I were talking earlier. We have still not seen, is that second year a player option? Is it a team option? I don't know yet. I would lean probably a player option to benefit him, but we're going to have to wait and find out.
3: Yeah, I think that would make the most sense because if he's able to outperform his contract this Mm -hmm. year, which which is a good chance he does, And then he wants to re-up with the Pacers and and get a bigger contract. I think they would like to do that as well. So, you know, good for him. And I'm glad the Pacers were able to work something out with him. And I think the fan base really just embracing him as well and the way that the young guys have all been there at the facility practicing all off-season long.
1: Amazing stuff.
3: It's really cool to see. I've never seen such a group come together like this whole entire young group has. Mm -hmm. Like I know Halliburton's kind of been out and about doing stuff, but he's still been there some. Um, some of these guys that are really trying to make more of a name for themselves, like the Dwayne Washingtons and the, mm-hmm. you know, Isaiah Jacksons and even Duarte, like he just like, they've all been there working out. I think they're really just wanting to take that next step. And, you know, they might have playoffs in mind as a goal for them. I mean, obviously maybe the the, the franchise doesn't and the fan base doesn't, but, you know, you don't want those players to have that mentality of, Hey, let's just lose a bunch of games. No, you want them to develop. And that's what this season's going to be about. But, I absolutely love it, Fauci, and now that Jalen Smith is back, I think one question we need to ask ourselves, and maybe we can get into it later once we get a little more clarity on what this roster is going to look like, but looking at the roster now, do you think he slides into a starting position or is he a backup?
1: I would like to see him starting. I'd like to see him right out at the four if things stay the same, say Turner is still there. You know, you got him at the four, you got Turner at center, you got Ijax as like the backup four, could also play minutes at center. But I feel like when the Pacers were able to come to this deal, playing time absolutely has to be something that was strongly talked about. I don't think they promised Jalen Smith a starting job by any means, but I think that he has every opportunity to keep a starting role. So I, I liked him starting for the Pacers last year. I'd like to see it again. But, you know, that's going to be something that uh, we have to see what other moves are up the front office's sleeves because right now you still know that something has to happen.
3: Yeah, and we know that on July 6th at 12 p.m. Eastern time, Fachi, signings will become official. So we'll start to get a little bit of more clarity on what's happening. Um, we know that Benedict Matherin did sign his rookie contract as well over the weekend. So the, the details were not disclosed on his contract, but uh, it is believed that, most of them most of the rookies sign 120 percent on the deal and I shared those numbers on my on my Twitter feed at Alex Golden MBA. If you guys are curious, I think it's like six million, six something, six point five the first year around that. So you know it, it's cool to see, but you know, why is tomorrow such an important day though, Fachi? Can you let the listeners know?
1: Absolutely. So there's a couple specifics over here. Um, so in terms of what why tomorrow stands out. So as it relates to restricted free agency, Tomorrow is when the 48-hour matching period begins. So in the past, we used to see that, you know, people would immediately sign restricted free agents, and then they would tie up another team's cap space for basically about a week. I remember that happening in the past. When Roy Hibbert got an offer for, I want to say it the like Portland Trailblazers so long ago. Oh, Auto, yeah. Wow. Auto, yeah. I remember that. And back then the offer was like, I think it was like $58 million. We're like, whoa, are we matching this? You know, <laughs> so things have changed. But now I remember a couple of years ago, this happened with Otto Porter. Uh, I want to say that the Nets offered him like a huge deal before the Wizards matched. and There was a few other those scenarios. Teams have now stopped doing that because – I just feel like it makes more sense to wait. So I think that tomorrow on the 6th or whenever you're listening to this, July 6th is when I think things are going to pick up for like DeAndre and Colin Sexton, those restricted free agents out there.
3: Yeah, that's really interesting, Fachi, because now, you know, there's been a lot of talks like the Pacers. I've, I've heard it so much like back and forth, like they do have interest. They don't have interest. They're kind of interested. They're not really interested and going after Ayton, obviously, this is a big-name guy, 24 years old for next season. He wants a max deal. The Pacers technically can't make the Brogdon deal official until back in uh, uh, excuse me, July 9th. So that's when that deal is going to become official. I almost said September. I don't know what I was thinking. But uh, July 9th, excuse me. And so that means that they could have some cap space there to just sign him outright without facilitating a trade. Or they talk with the Nets about doing a sign and trade involving Turner and then Turner's already a part of their team, and so then they can maybe try to finagle a three-team trade to, to get Durant still, and they have Turner there with preferably Paul and Booker, right? So, I mean, there's ways they can go about doing this, but I think, you know, I would be surprised at the Pacers. I mean, I really would offer in the max at this point. I just, I don't know what's going to happen. It really hasn't seemed like there's been any interest in DeAndre Ayton at this point, and could they get a bargain deal with him? I don't know that's something I'm keeping an eye on. Colin Sexton's been a name that's been rumored to the Pacers, but recently I haven't heard much on that front, but I did hear that Dallas has some interest in Sexton. So I think that tomorrow could be a a little bit more busy than the last couple of days have been as we're kind of just waiting for that big domino to fall, which which has the name Kevin Durant on it because nobody knows what's going to happen in the league until Durant
1: is dealt. Exactly. I don't want to say KD ruined free agency, but he definitely put a damper on it. This has been one of the least eventful free agency periods in quite some time. I want to say, I think Gorgie Jang was like the only guy signed yesterday. And then Isaiah Roby today gets picked up by San Antonio. San Antonio was one of those teams that could compete with the Pacers financially for DeAndre Aiden, But given that it really feels like they're entering tank mode, I don't see them all of a sudden going after DeAndre Ayton. We've heard of a couple other teams The Jazz could still be interested. It's believed that they want to still stay competitive. But it feels like the Pacers, you know, right now, all eyes are on them to make the move for Ayton. So I, I am intrigued if we were to just sign them outright, then at that point for Turner, what does that do for Turner? Look, is there any situation where you could envision Turner and Ayton Starting together or Turner coming off the bench—that—that that seems a little hard to believe.
3: No, there, there's no doubt about it.
1: That's what I'm saying. I mean, I can't see
3: it. you know, so everyone's like, well, Chad Buchanan came on the radio last <laughs> week yeah. and said they were not taking calls on Miles Turner, or they're not, you know, they're actively calls, actively, but, actively yeah. trading Miles Turner. Okay. You guys got to understand how GMs talk. They're not going to come up there and just say, yes, we are actively trading Miles Turner. Here's all of our leverage and all of our value for him. Please give us cents on the dollar because we know he's on his way out. No, he has not requested a trade. This is not a Kevin Durant situation. And he only has one year on his, on his deal left, and he's not Kevin Durant. So let's just be honest here. Like, Miles Turner is a guy that could fit this timeline if they want him to fit, and he wants to fit, but... Also, I don't think Woj comes on national TV and says the Pacers are, you know, kind of taking calls on him or, you know, looking to move him. I've, I've heard from some people that the Pacers are looking to facilitate a trade to get Turner out of here, similar to what they did to Brogdon. Maybe not looking for the package back that's the same, but looking to get him to a team that's a contender. I think this is where the Aiton situation for a sign and trade makes a ton of sense, and maybe the Pacers are just kind of waiting to see what the Nets do with Durant. And maybe they try to facilitate a three team deal that way. But I, I or maybe even a four team deal, as crazy as this sounds. But I do believe that the Pacers are 50 50 on Turner. I don't think that they're, you know, sold on absolutely getting rid of him, but I don't think they're sold on absolutely keeping him either. So that's kind of where I'm at with him. I know that there's been some teams that have called Focci and uh, have looked to go after Turner. but those deals have not got done. I, I I tweeted it out on Friday night. I got some intel from a, a very reliable source that Minnesota called the Pacers about Miles Turner before they made the big deal for Rudy Gobert. And you can understand why they would do that because look at what they had to give up to get Rudy Gobert, right? Quite a lot. Yeah. So Turner would have been incredibly cheaper. The Pacers probably take back similar contracts. I don't know if Uh, our guy, Pat Bev would have been in that deal, but probably Beasley to a certain degree and and Mm -hmm. maybe Vanderbilt, something like that. I don't know, but I think Beasley's contract is pretty much the same as Turner. So probably very close there, you know, 18 million is a little bit easier to get together than what Gobert makes it what 30 something million, 40 million, something like that. So, you know, but I was basically told like the Thunder were intrigued by it. Uh, The previous president of basketball operations or, uh, or GM, whatever, uh, Gerson Roses has liked Turner for a long time had a man crush on him. And at that point, the Pacers were trying to win games. So the asking price was a lot higher. Now that he's out of the picture, you got Tim Connolly in there, and then he got this new ownership with Alex Rodriguez and that group. They're trying to win now. I think Turner on paper makes a lot of sense next to Towns, right? I mean, that's why they went out and got Gobert because Towns wants to be at four. But there was just some concerns with, with Miles Turner being a long-term fit and what they wanted to give up to, to put him next to Town. So I'm not going to get into all the juicy details of it, but... Basically, what I was told is, you know, the Pacers just kind of laid out everything in, in front and said, here's the pros and cons of Turner. And they felt like they needed to go a different directions. So with that being said, you know, I don't think the Pacers are completely closed off to trading Turner like some people think. But I don't think they're like as aggressively trading him as maybe others think that that could be going on to.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy because in the end, I mean, the, the Timberwolves end up giving up Walker Kessler four first round picks and a pick swap, you would think that Turner would come significantly cheaper. And I know you said that, and that's not even, it's not even a diss on Miles Turner. That's just that a lot of picks were involved for Rudy Gobert. So I think instead of giving, you know, potentially five first round picks and Walker Kessler, you kind of got the feeling that maybe two first round picks might've gotten it done. But, you know, I also think that Rudy Gobert has stayed significantly healthier than Turner, especially over the last few years. So I feel like at that point, yeah, maybe you know, maybe Minnesota was a little bit scared off, but over there, overall, I, I just think that that's one less team that was really interested in Turner. We've heard the rumblings about Minnesota for the last couple of years. We've heard the rumblings about Charlotte for the last couple of years. Those teams right now, I don't think are going to make the move. So it feels like it's coming down to potentially Phoenix doing that swap, maybe the Nets, maybe. But we're starting to run out of options over there, and we still just don't know what the Pacers are doing, but the fact that they've been this quiet and have this much money left makes me feel that something, something is happening in just a matter of time and we're going to get this resolution. And when we do, Alex, it's going to be a fun one. But for right now, (laughs) we do have to sit back. We have to wait and see how things unfold. And I I just know, man, even when you look at the roster right now, once that trade becomes official and the Pacers need to guarantee the contracts of, you know, a few of the guys, you know, Nick Stauskas, Malik Fitz, Juwan Morgan, just to guarantee those concerts, just to make the deal happen. The Pacers are over the amount of players that you can have on this team. So, you know, moves are going to follow.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think if I'm not mistaken, once that deal is officially done, Pacers will have around 23 million in caps still to, to do something. So mm-hmm. that that's still plenty of room to do a sign and trade for Aiden with Turner. That still gives you time to maybe flip Goga and get about 27 million. And then you find another player to trade or whatever. Like maybe a team's interested in one of the three guys that we just picked up and you, you know, trade Jawan Morgan to uh, like OKC or something for like a second round pick or you, whatever, you give up a second round pick and they eat that. And then you Mm -hmm. have a little cap space, you know, like there's different ways you can go about it. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily closing the door on that, but I did send you something else today in terms of like looking at Daniel Tice once he's acquired, because he's got three years left on his deal. And I mentioned this on the radio as well with JMV, so if you heard my interview there, you're probably going to be like, oh, I don't want to hear this. It's redundant. But if you didn't, I'll share it here. There's teams that have traded player exceptions, and I'm not exactly sure when all of them expire. I didn't get into the the nitty-gritty of that, but I do know the Clippers have two traded player exceptions, Flatchy. And one of them, or actually, excuse me, both of them are more than what Daniel Tice makes per year. So, if the Pacers really wanted to create the extra cap space just to go out and sign DeAndre Ayton outright, and then find another spot for Turner, they could in, uh, theoretically trade Daniel Tice to the Clippers into that traded player exception. The Clippers right now only have one center on their roster in Zubach. They lost, they lost Hartenstein and they traded Abaka last year at the deadline. So they only have one true center right now on their roster so they could be interested in a guy like Ties. I think Ties would make sense for a team like that as a backup center, right? Um, a, a veteran that can play in, the, play in the league, especially in the regular season, and maybe they figure out what to do with, by the deadline. But this deal would basically just be Ties into that traded player exception and maybe a flip like a pick with Ties, and then they give you a pick back and whatever, just to kind of make it work. You're doing some other kind of transaction to make that work, but that would just give you all that cap space there to go out and sign something and maybe the Clippers want to do this too because what if DeAndre Ayton gets out you know signed outright by the Pacers that hurts the Suns chances of getting Kevin Durant potentially so there's a reason why I think maybe it seemed like the Clippers would be interested in doing that to hurt another contender's uh chances of landing a a pretty big name
1: now that is playing chess right over there that is really how you go about it to uh You know, keep a team like Phoenix down. But also, Daniel Tice, look, if you held the Clippers up against the Pacers, which team does he make more sense for? Everyone's picking the Clippers. Look, Tice, he's about, you know, 29 years old, turning 30. So it's just – It's at a point now where it's like, look, it's not like he's like an old geezer out here, but I don't think he quite fits (laughs) the youth movement that the Pacers are looking for right now. So I would like to find a way to be able to flip him, be able to get that future money off the books. I think that creates even more cap flexibility for the Pacers. So, yeah, a team like the Clippers, it does make total sense because they do need that center depth that you talked about. So. It's not about what you get for Tice at this point. Like, look, a bag of chips and saving some money would do the job for Indiana. But to be able to sign Aiton outright, then you determine if you want to move Turner in another deal. That's how you quit playing checkers and you do the chess just like we talked about before. Maybe you get another first and a young player for Turner, whatever it is. We're not trying to give him away for free, but – what like we talked about earlier, what's the likelihood that he's going to be a backup or play alongside Aiden? It doesn't make much sense. You bring in Aiden, it's the end of Miles Turner over here. That's just how I see it. I think a lot of people see it the same way. So I think that this would provide more flexibility in terms of keeping the assets coming in.
3: Yeah, there's no doubt about it, Fachi, and that's where you kind of just have to like let, let things play out over this next month because the Pacers, I mean, who knows what they're going to do. Maybe they just sit tight and use the cap space. I don't know if they've hit their cap floor or not. I'm, I'm assuming they have. I don't know. But maybe they will make any trades. But there has been some rumblings, Fauci. I think we need to touch on this about Buddy Heald. And there's been some rumblings that maybe he could be on his way to the Los Angeles Lakers for Russell Westbrook in a pick. Um, it's an wow. interesting one. But, you know, Buddy hill has got, what, two years left on his deal? Yep. And Russell Westbrook's an expiring contract. Mm-hmm. So I could see why why both teams might have interest in doing it because then the Pacers get a ton of cap space for next off season, probably a better class than this year's off season. But at the same time, it's like you know what direction are the Pacers heading? I would I would be shocked if Russell Westbrook played one single game for the Indiana Pacers. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at with everything. I I don't hate the idea if they can get a pick or two for this deal, but I think Mark Spears on Sunday was on the radio for you know, Sirius XM NBA radio. And he said that, you know, there's been some talks about Westbrook to the Pacers for Turner and Buddy Heald. And they'd be given up, I think two picks in this deal. So I don't know if the Pacers really want to go that route, but that would still eat up about eight extra million dollars of their cap space. So I don't know if they want to do that, but that's just a thought that could happen. That's been out there. Um Buddy Heald to L.A. makes sense, but I don't like the idea of sending both Buddy and Miles for a guy that you don't anticipate playing on your roster.
1: I don't like it at all, and I think that that could – look, there's going to be some part of the fan base that that is going to really ruffle their feathers because they're going to be like, wait, what? For a guy that you don't even intend to play over here? Like, how are you going to do this? And there's going to be the other part of the fan base that's saying like, hey, right over here we're accumulating assets, but you're talking about picks That are in 2027 and 2029, we have no idea. Maybe they're gold. Maybe they're horrible. But it feels like trading Turner and Buddy, that that feels like a lot. Mm -hmm. So right over there, it would have been – I would have felt different if it was like maybe like a a Brogdon and Buddy or something like that. But – I think I'm in the minority here. Of like, I like Buddy Hield. The contract goes goes down twenty point five million dollars this upcoming season. Then it drops down two million dollars to eighteen point five. I'm not saying I'm going to be the guy that's saying that's a deal breaker. But when we're talking about Russell Westbrook coming in and not even playing for us, it's like, oh man, it's just it it just feels like next year would be kind of painful to watch. I know there's a bigger bigger plan here, but I just don't see a scenario where the Pacers are all of a sudden like the worst team in the league. I see them being a promising, you know, young team that's not good, but they're not the worst team. So would you really see Herb Simon cutting the check the full amount for Westbrook to skip town? Is this a wave and stretch type of situation? Because no even that, that's what I'm saying, that's no costly, way. very costly. No are talking about about forty-seven million dollars stretched across five years, but also increasing by what is it, fifteen percent? Because it's stretched out. Mm-hmm. It, either way, it would get very costly to have that type of hit on the books for years to come. So, I think there's a deal that you could work, buddy, in and be able to trade in LA. And maybe you get like you know you get a first-round pick. Maybe like I don't know, maybe THT could be involved. Could there be a lesser deal that you see where it's like? THT, none, a first-round pick for Buddy. Could you see something? Yeah,
3: maybe Lonnie Walker by December. Yeah, something like Because he got six-something. $6.5
1: million. So right over there, that feels like more of like, okay, okay, I I can do that and not be like, all right, we just got Westbrook dumped on us because that's where we're at right now.
3: Yeah, I mean, to me, if it's a middle-of-the-season trade, I don't care as much about trading for Westbrook. Um it's just the beginning Agreed. of the year Agreed. type of thing because you have less money to worry about once mm-hmm. you're in the middle of the season. So, you know, for me personally though, I just I feel like a buyout would probably happen if they did trade for Russell Westbrook. When it comes to Buddy Healed, I mean, I don't know what his value is because it feels like it's pretty low. It doesn't feel like I mean, if what if what the Pacers got back for Brogdon um felt low, it's gonna feel <laughs> less, yes. it's gonna feel even I'm lower what they get with Buddy Healed. So I'm with you. Don't get excited about any kind of trade thing. Like, I was talking with some buddies over the weekend, and I said, what if the Pacers got involved in, like, this three-team deal between the Nets, the Lakers, and the Pacers if, you know, they were trying to do, like, Kyrie Irving and Joe Harris to the Lakers for THT and Russell Westbrook, right? Like, that was kind of like the reported rumblings out there, but they wanted to have Seth Curry instead of... Joe Harris because better shooter and he's not as injury prone and he's only got one year uh, one year left. But I said, well, what if the Pacers took on Joe Harris, got a second round pick, and then sent Buddy out to L.A. And I said the only reason I would do this is because Joe Harris makes about three to four million dollars less per year than Buddy Hield over that over that time. So you would be saving money. You'd be going down a little bit in terms of like you'd be getting a little bit more cap space, but at the same time, you know you're pretty much just swap it out heel for Joe Harris. And I don't know who's got more trade value. Uh, My buddies weren't really a big fan of it. They felt like that you could get a first round pick for buddy healed, especially around the deadline if you know, he's playing well, but I don't know. I I just feel like, I feel like that could make some sense if you wanted to get involved in that and get an extra asset, like a second round pick, but it's not really moving the needle for me. And you're kind of just adding another player that does the same thing, but it's just a little bit, Less money on the books, and it would give you a little more cap space to be more flexible with what you could do with it. But other than that, I mean, I really didn't have a like definitive like okay, like I'm tied to this trade or not. But it was just an idea.
1: Yeah, no, and I hear where you're coming from. But here's the thing: so next year, Buddy healed twenty point five million dollars. Joe Harris eighteen point six. But then, like I mentioned, Buddy's contract goes down, so it goes down the following year to eighteen point five while Joe Harris is actually goes up from 18.6 to 19.9, making mm. it essentially an, a swap, like no yeah. difference at all, except for the following year, the Pacers would be taking on more money. So at this point, Joe Harris, a couple of years ago, was a sniper. Now I feel like I don't know what happened. I just feel like he has not been as accurate, but has also been injured. Better defender than Buddy. But I, I just feel like, man, I don't know. He's, t- he's taken a, a bit of a hit. Still a good three-point shooter. Still a very good three-point shooter. But only played 14 games last year. So, you know, kind of, I don't know, are those injuries going to linger? The Pacers have a history and then rolling the dice on injured players. For Buddy, I do think if you waited to the trade deadline, teams are always going to need shooting. So I do think that you might be able to get a pick out of him. But I also feel like right now, maybe a little bit biased, maybe it's just recency bias. I would like to think, that uh, Buddy Heald's value is a little bit higher than Joe Harris's. Mm. If a second-round pick is going to be what you're taking back, I, I need to know how good of a second-round pick this is. Is this like in the 50s, I got no interest? Is this somewhat maybe around that top 35? Then it gets a little bit more appealing.
3: Maybe maybe it's a top 55 protected pick from the Healds.
1: Oh, <laughs> Did oh, you see man. that? I, I've seen some of those. It's disgusting. I mean, just... <laughs> brutal Who
3: protects a second round pick? Top fifty five, <laughs> really? Okay, <laughs> what are we doing here? You know, it's silly, but um yeah. With that being said, I mean, I didn't love the deal. Like I said, I wasn't like attached to it, but I just thought, like, you know, it saves you some money this year if you really want to go out and get Aiton, and then next year you'll be off of Turner's money if you don't bring him back, and he's still on, on the roster. So there's just different scenarios I was looking at here in case they wanted to. Try something different. But overall, I, I'm not sure exactly what the perfect deal is for Buddy Heald. But, you know, if you would have asked me to make a perfect deal for Brogdon, I would have probably given you 10 to 15 trade ideas and what they got for him What would not have been one of them. So I
1: agree. I agree. So
3: that's kind of where I'm at. I just don't know what the value is. And I'm sure there's teams that maybe have him penciled in as a guy they might want to circle back to. But, you know, we know Buddy Heald is a one court player. He only plays on one side of the court. He only. Yep plays offense and defensively he's just not the same player but I do like what we saw from him last year with Carlisle he was able to play make a little bit more and while there were some growing pains with that you know he seemed happy here the young guys like him I mean we've heard him talk about Buddy and Lance and you know McConnell so I don't I don't think he'd be a problem here on a rebuild but I do know that he wants to play for a playoff team because he's talked about yes. that he's ready to be in the playoffs so never made yeah, it yeah so maybe they look to try to get him on a team that's playoff bound or playoff hopeful um you know, but other than that, I just, I just don't know what the perfect trade is for him. But with that being said, is there anything else that you want to touch on?
1: Oh, a, a couple of quick things. One, in terms of sending a player to a, a destination they want to play it, I started thinking about, you know, they, they did write by Brogdon, you know, that they, they've, they've talked to players before about what they're going to do. I also thought about before, I wonder if part of this did stem to sending Granger back in the day to, uh, you know, the, the process. 76ers, the Trust the Process Sixers, who were just tanking, and how many players that rubbed wrong. Because I felt like for a guy like Granger, I felt like they, they couldn't have sent him to a worse destination. So I think the Pacers definitely factor that in mind. So I think it, that's, that's great. Then also when you mentioned about how Buddy's been part of the team and they like him a lot, and you talked about players working out in the offseason, I feel like there's layers to this where you, you need to start at this, getting together in the offseason, working your butt off, and then eventually you make that way where you know you eventually make the playoffs and you get you get bounced in the first round, but you know what to work on. You build your way up. I feel like the Pacers are getting that ground floor right now. I don't know who's going to be sticking around with them, but I, I, I so far everyone's got great stuff to say about Buddy. I don't yeah. see him sticking around with the Pacers past his contract by any means. He might not even be on the opening day roster, maybe not even past this year. But for right now, I'm not ready to just give them away just to give them away. But if a right offer comes, including potentially a first-round pick or something that could make us better long-term, I'm interested. Last part that I wanted to touch on. Yeah. Alex, we had some signings today. Some former Pacers, uh, they ain't coming back. Let's so, talk about them, Fudge. Who are they? Well, first, TJ Warren. Man, I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I got the Woes notification, and I just stood and I stared at my phone. One, first thing that rubbed me wrong they called him a guard all right after i got why are you so triggered by that i just didn't like it it was just it just felt like there's always a little bit of this slander on the pace so oh this that that just call him what he is he's he's a guard when's he a guard
3: well i mean the g is right next to the f on the keyboard fachi do you think it could have
1: been a typo i mean it could have been woes trying to beat out shams because it did happen like back to back but i just felt like like someone someone called me a karen just forward on, on Twitter. So hey, had, good for I, them, because you I definitely had, are. I had a chirp back. I was just like, look, like, man, sounds like you're having a rough day. Sorry if I offended you, but I think <laughs> Wolves was able to take the joke. So, you know, like, really, it was like, wow. Right. But, yeah, I, I had a snapback. But second of all, look, for Warren, one thing that Scott Agnes pointed out, which is, I thought, really underrated. The doctor that did the surgery on Warren's left foot is the Nets doctor. So Scott we, is
3: so good at getting the details. Great.
1: Such a like a some people could look at it as a minor detail. I think that goes a long way. Because right over there, we're thinking that Warren's basically going to say, hey, I'm going to follow this doctor's instructions all throughout the year, get myself in great shape, and then I can hit free agency again next year. Now mm-hmm. it's a one-year deal. I have not seen money reported. What's your gut tell you on that deal? Or maybe if you had any other offers, why Brooklyn outside the doctor? I don't know. Well, we know Brooklyn
3: doesn't have a lot of cap space at all, so you're probably talking either a vet minimum, or you're talking about taking up some of their MLE, right? That's what I think. So that, to me, just kind of screams like, okay, maybe he doesn't really have as much of a value as we thought he did. So, you know, that kind of sucks for him, but they also signed another former Pacer, a guy that they released, actually, after the Pacers traded him to him, in Edmund Sumner. So... Interesting that they went and got two Pacer players that are wing type of players, right? I don't know where they're putting them in their money. Uh, Are they both minimum contracts, but you know, Shams was on the Pat McAfee show today. He said they're kind of building their roster as of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are still on the roster. I don't know if I buy that or not, but with that being said, it's, it it makes some sense because why else would they bring TJ Warren and Edmund Sumner into the, into the roster?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. And I, I actually do like what Brooklyn's doing, given that they don't own their picks. They don't have the option to bottom out. So for right now, you bring in TJ Warren, you bring in Sumner. Look, say you're able to, to work it out with Durant and Kyrie. They actually have a pretty decent team. They also trade for Rose, Royce O'Neill the other week. So it's like, look, you got some decent pieces over there. I don't know if, if you know, Durant's going to change his mind. You know, who knows what's going to happen over there. But for Sumner, I imagine... It's a minimum deal. One thing that you know, I tweeted out earlier. Ironically, it was Brooklyn that we traded Sumner to. They ended up waving him. I know he was working out in Indiana. I don't know if maybe they had any any initial interest in him last year, wanting to see hey things work out. Who knows? Whatever. Maybe it's just a coincidence. But. Seeing them become now the, you know, the Indiana Nets, the the Brooklyn the, the, <laughs> the Pacers, whatever you want to call them, it, it's interesting. So with that, man, I would have liked to have seen Sumner come back to the Pacers, but it's crowded. It's it's real crowded over in Indiana right now. So, you know, I wouldn't want to see him on the bench, not getting minutes for us. Then that's kind of the next thing that all us Pacer fans gripe about. But Man, for Warren, I I guess I spoke with my heart being like, hey, if we can give – we got the money, what if we gave him like a similar type offer to to what he was making last year? But if if we find out he signed for the minimum, that would be – not to say sad, but it would be a bit shocking. So I'm hoping he at least got part of that MLE.
3: Well, the thing is, at the end of the day, he wants to be on a team that's competing. He doesn't want to be on the Pacers. And so – I don't blame him. uh, You know, I kind of wonder – if the reason they kind of let him leave early is just because there was no plans on bringing him back, very possible. Let him go rehab. And I mean, they took care of him. He liked Indiana, but at this point with the direction they were heading, who knows if he really liked that. So that's kind of where I'm okay with it. And for some it was just like you brought up a great point. It's a crowded backcourt here with Indiana. Where is he really going to get playing time? And I don't know if the Nets are a place where he's going to get playing time, but I'm glad he at least got a contract and he's got an opportunity to go out there and prove what he can do. Because I think at the end of the day, if you, if you think about it, he's a, he's a, he's a big, big time player that's not afraid of the moment. So we all were on the Edmund Sumner hype train at some point. So, you know, kudos to him and it's always good to see your guys get paid that you like but i think the pacers have handled things well with these guys like the fact that they traded him and something there to get brad wanamaker i'm sorry we have to bring that back up but Ugh. then allowed him to stay with the team and work in their facility like that to me was really class cool act of the pacers to create that opportunity for him to rehab after they traded him
1: definitely a class act i mean great stuff i mean i think that's kind of what had us holding on a little bit longer we'd see him working out in the pacer shorts, you know mm-hmm. that kind of got you thinking, like, whoa, anything could happen. But at the same point, look, I'm always going to be rooting for Ed- Edmund Summer, the player, the person, him to just be successful because we knew he was starting to take off. So awesome that he was able to get a deal done, especially this early, considering how free agency just came to a halt. So great for him. For Warren, I really do hope that hey, he just just trusts his doctor, trusts that the, the medicals get his body right. Right over there, be able to contribute on, on, on a winning team, hopefully, but also say Kevin Durant does get dealt. Maybe that does create a big opportunity for him. So, if the guy wants to win, I got to respect it. TJ Warren is another guy that couldn't say a bad thing about. Look, his body failed him during this time. It was never anything that Warren said. If anything, he always expressed how he wanted to be with the Pacers. So, for that, I'll always respect it.
3: What is uh, your favorite TJ Warren moment that you had with him on the Pacers?
1: I mean, like, look, the, the bubble run was magical, but that beef against the heat, that's uh-huh. what I think a lot of Pacer fans are going to remember. I mean, Myers Leonard blocked us, like, I think the, the next day. Do you remember that? <laughs> it was like, right, I mean, it was like he couldn't handle any of it. Pacer fans were foaming at the mouth. They were like, I want Miami. Jimmy Butler was circling on his calendar. I mean, it felt like a true rivalry. It was like, wow, anything could happen. Man, they could there could be a fight next time. It was like... It was electric. So for that, that I'm always going to think of TJ Warren and, and the Miami Heat beef. That's part of the reason why I didn't want Warren signing with the Heat.
3: Yeah, no, and I mean, you got to think about that too. Like Jimmy Butler had it circled on his calendar the next time they played us. So it was definitely a real thing, Fochie. Don't get me wrong. So that's really cool. I mean, the bubble run, though, that was just, that was unreal, Foch. It really was. The 53 three, against the, the
1: Celtics. Woo. I mean, not the Sixers, the six, Sixers. Yeah,
3: I said the Celtics yeah, no, no, them no, no, were no. playing them,
1: but <laughs> no.
3: uh the, the game winner against I mean the back-to-back big shots over LeBron and Anthony Davis oh, and the man. Lakers. I think he had 39 that game. It was just unreal. Like, I just I was like, we couldn't believe it. I mean, every time he shot the ball, we thought it was going in. I mean, it was weird to see him miss.
1: <laughs> it, it really was. He had a run where that dude was just automatic, and I feel like when you know when COVID hit and the bubble was going on it was like for that small moment TJ Warren was the talk of the league it was like oh man like it just felt like it was like are the Pacers gonna be dangerous you know in the playoffs like it it really made you feel like well Warren can can drop 50 again or 40 or 30 anything could happen and and that it, it just the Pacers were never able to all get healthy at the same time but when when People forget Warren was our leading scorer just when his last season playing. So it's just like, man, I just want to see him ball out again. I had the opportunity to meet him at a Pacers game. He was a stand-up guy, signed my hat. I mean, there's not a bad thing I could say for him about him. So just a hey, shout-out to TJ Warren. Wishing you the best. Absolutely, Fashi. Well, I think we need to take a
3: quick break because when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about – how a Miles Turner trade could work with this big five-team, four-team trade, whatever, and maybe look at some other ways we can get involved in a Kevin Durant trade. But we also are going to pick our three winners, Focci, for our giveaway for ratings and reviews. So That'll be at the end of the show. So if you guys are here for that, we will be announcing the winner at the end of the show. So, uh, Flatcha, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all.
3: All right, Faji, we are back and let's jump right into it. Let's talk about how a Miles Turner trade or how Miles Turner could be involved in a bigger trade here for uh, Kevin Durant. So I was recently told by, I would call it a mess source. Someone heard it from somebody, heard it from somebody. So I, you know, it didn't really have legs to me, but I thought, well, that's interesting. It's worth, it's at least worth bringing up. I, I texted a reliable source that's, on the know about a potential like five-team deal between these five teams, and they said it's more speculation than anything else. So um, that deal involved Indiana, Brooklyn, the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Suns, Fachi. And in this deal, the Suns are going to get Kevin Durant and Miles Turner. Utah is going to get Ben Simmons, Dario Saric, a first-round pick from Indiana, a first-round pick from the Lakers, and then three pick swaps from the Suns. The Lakers are going to get Kyrie Irving and Jordan Clarkson. Uh, Brooklyn is getting campaign, Payne, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Russell Westbrook, and Donovan Mitchell, as well as a Laker first and three unprotected first from Phoenix. And then Indiana gets DeAndre Ayton. What are your thoughts on that massive blockbuster?
1: I thought it was what is this, the biggest trade in NBA history. I mean, this is crazy. This is nuts. Uh, so at that point, Utah <laughs> – Goes from Gobert and Donovan Mitchell about a week ago to all of a sudden, what was it? Ben Simmons, a couple more picks. Yeah, uh, they
3: get they get two unprotected. Well, they get a pick from Indy, which I don't know what pick that would be. It's not going to be our pick this year. No, Probably be like
1: Cleveland or Boston.
3: Yes, and then the Lakers 27-29 pick one of those two, and, and they then, give up Clarkson. Yeah, uh, they give up Clarkson, and they give up uh, Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is going to Brooklyn. Yeah. They they get Ben Simmons, Dario Saric, and. The way this person said it to me, they said three firsts from Phoenix for both Utah and Brooklyn, but I don't see how that would work. You can't Mm, give up six picks, maybe. So it would probably have to be pick swaps involved somewhere, but maybe some unprotected, but also some pick swaps. So, you know, Utah's probably taking the biggest hit here. But if they're trying to tank and they get Ben Simmons, it's not the worst thing. But at the same time, you know, the reason I think this deal was like getting legs is because like Brooklyn wants a star involved in a trade. So getting Donovan Mitchell would be the star. In Brooklyn, you get Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson along in that deal. And, you know, the Suns get to rant, but they also have to give up like all their rights to their picks for the next six years. So mm-hmm. That definitely does put a damper on things.
1: It definitely does. I just think that if you're playing like 2K, this is a super fun trade. But I think if you're the Utah Jazz over here, I think you want to give Donovan Mitchell a chance to be able to build around him. You finally now have the draft picks to be able to make another move. But All of a sudden, you know, you're left with Ben Simmons, a boatload of picks, and then you're kind of rebuilding from there. So, you know, all all signs I've heard point to that they want to keep Mitchell. They're turning it down, turning down calls for him. But, hey, crazier things have happened. Uh, So that would be very interesting. I just wonder if it's one of those – too good to be true trades
3: yeah like i i said this is way too big to even have way I'm too like, big way too big. it's like bigger than the westbrook trade last year with six teams involved yeah. so you know it, it's 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 probably like one of those where it's probably like two deals in one i could see like a utah la brooklyn trade and i could see like a Suns indy Brooklyn trade. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe something like that. Where they're broken down know.
3: into two bigger, like bigger trades or two smaller trades out of this. But you know, whatever. It's to me, it was a hot mess. But with that being said, I do think that there's there's possibilities that you could get involved here with Turner and a third in a three-team deal, maybe a four-team deal with Utah. If you know you're trying to get Donovan Mitchell to Brooklyn, do they send Ben Simmons out to Utah because you can't have Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell on the same? Team because of the rookie extension, whatever that mm-hmm. rule is that I just learned about this year. So so,
1: so did I. What yeah. a what a strange what rule a stupid that, rule <laughs> that honestly prevents a lot of players being moved. All of a sudden, yeah. you know, you quickly realize like Bam Adebayo couldn't be involved in certain deals, you know, due to him being on that rookie max extension. And I feel like now there's a lot of a lot of the star players are on those deals. So um interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I just learned about that the other week. I had a trade, feels a little bit more realistic following that one, but at the same point, who knows? Maybe it's a little bit bland following that one, but it's a three-team deal. I got, I got no problem with the Pacers being that third wheel after we did that with the, the Houston Nets deal in the past. So it involves the Pacers, the Nets, and the Suns. In this deal, Pacers get DeAndre. The Nets get, uh, they get Bridges. Cameron Johnson, Miles Turner, and a boatload of firsts. I'm talking even pick swaps involved. But also, one of those firsts is going to be the Cavs or Celtics pick. And then the Suns, they're getting Kevin Durant and Goga as a backup center. Look, (laughs) look, Goga's not what they wished for, but they're going to need a big. And at least he can stretch the floor a little bit, block some shots. Goga's getting his way out of Indiana. He's going west to Phoenix. So, recap. Pacers are getting DeAndre Ayton, the Nets are getting Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Miles Turner, and a ton of first-round picks. The Suns get Durant, and they get Goga. Thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, I, I I think it makes sense for the Pacers and the Nets, or excuse me, Pacers and the Suns, but the Nets. Is that enough for Kevin Durant?
1: So here's the thing. I don't know if it's really fully enough enough, but Debra Bridges was like kind of in that like a runner-up for defensive player of the year. I know he ended up finishing top three. At one point, people thought he was going to win it all. Cameron Johnson, good three-point shooter. You're getting Miles Turner over there. Look, uh, you know, they I don't think they want that max extension for DeAndre Aiden. So I feel like Turner on a one-year, $18 million deal. You got Nicholas Claxton as his backup. It's enough to be able to feel the competitive team while also getting a ton of first round picks coming in. Then you could look at you're gonna have to move Kyrie Irving after that. I don't think Kyrie is gonna stay without Durant. That situation could get ugly. So then you have the opportunity to be able to get more assets coming in there. Is this the home run of all home run deals for the Nets? Maybe not, but is it a bad deal? No, not by any means.
3: No, it's it's not a bad deal. I mean, anytime you can control someone's picks for the next six years, like mm-hmm. that's that's massive. So I don't hate the idea. I think it doesn't make a little bit of sense. I wonder, um, I wouldn't do, the, do this if I'm the Pacers unless I'm getting some type of pick back from, from Phoenix. But if they wanted me to facilitate you know, not just adding Turner, but maybe adding Duarte in the trade instead of Goga and and send Duarte over to to Brooklyn, would you do that if it meant that you got DeAndre Ayton, or would you rather not trade Duarte?
1: So if we're not trading Duarte, then we're not contributing a first round pick, right? Correct. I mean, if mean, if if
3: we trade Duarte, we're getting pick compensation back a little bit, because not only are we helping facilitate the deal, taking on DeAndre Ayton's contract, maybe the the Nets don't want, I don't know why they wouldn't, but if they would prefer to have miles and he's expiring plus all these picks with bridges and Johnson, maybe they're like, well, we really like the idea of having Chris Duarte on this roster as well. It's a little bit more appealing than, you know, a Boston first round pick or a Cavs first round pick. So uh, if we did that and then we got a pick back and instead for maybe Brooklyn and or Phoenix, um, would you be enticed by that?
1: So there was a quick moment where I had Duarte's name spelled out on my notes. And Mm. then I I felt like I was in a TV show. There was the drip of sweat coming down the side of my head. And all of a sudden, I started looking at the backspace key, and it looked more and more appealing. I had (laughs) to take him out of there. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'd rather include that that Cavs pick that might never happen or the Celtics pick that could be 26th overall than to give up on Chris Duarte because – I do think that if he played the rest of the year, we're going to this offseason way more jacked up against Chris about Chris Duarte than we are right now. So I want to keep Duarte if we can.
3: Yeah. And I, and I feel the same way. Like, as much as DeAndre Ayton is incredibly exciting and, and the idea of putting him on this roster is fun, I don't want to like, give up a ton of assets to get them because we don't have yeah. to. It, it's almost like you're giving up too much in this I, deal to I, help I get Durant to the Suns. You know, it's like, well, why don't we just out, why don't we just sign eight now? Right. And then maybe figure something else out later. I mean, cap wise, I think it'd be a little bit difficult for this deal to go down if you don't yeah. have eight involved in a three team deal, but you know, I just, I don't like the idea of giving too much up to help facilitate Durant go into the Western conference, because quite frankly, uh, I've got two picks that are a lot of protected in the East, and I want those teams to be better <laughs> in yeah, the East I, than I do in the West.
1: Uh, when I heard that KP laughed or chuckled, whatever the term was when he laughed at the Lakers offer, I want to be the one that just swoops in there, signs eight and outright, does not help Kevin Durant at all. And at that point, then we can figure out whatever we want to do about Miles Turner and make a separate deal. I would love to have it go down like that. But if there's a big deal going around, I just feel like KP's calling around, trying to find a way to get in it. And I respect that because. In the past, I mean, when he got Levert, we swooped in there, traded Oladipo. You're talking about Levert and two second-round picks. I love that. Then, obviously, we found a way to make that six-team trade work when we acquired Isaiah Jackson. Just finding a way to get in there and just see, hey, well, how can we make this all work? I I love the idea of it, but if we can do this without having to give anything back, sign me up all day.
3: Yeah, especially just because you can get eight and out, right? And that's the thing. You can You don't have to work a a trade here. I mean, I know it's a little bit easier cap-wise to do that, but you don't have to do it. So um, let's move on. Do you have any more trade ideas here, Fudge?
1: I I do. I do. Now, I have one that involves the Raptors because they are in the running, or would you rather hear another Pacers-Nets-Suns deal?
3: Let's do the Raptors one. I'm I'm intrigued by
1: this. So this one, you know, going to be uh, going to be a little bit interesting. There's actually two of them. I lied, man. I got carried away. Oh, All right. Fine. Let's yeah. go. All right. So here's what I got. All right. So Pacers, Nets, Raptors. In this deal, the Pacers get OG and they, they're they forced to take back Joe Harris. All right. Look, the the Nets are trying to get rid of Joe Harris. Okay. The Nets get Scotty Barnes. Pascal Siakam and a boatload of picks. One of those picks is going to be a first-round pick from the Pacers, either Cleveland or Boston. The Raptors are getting Durant and Miles Turner. This move saves the Nets about $20 million. They bring in picks. They bring in the reigning rookie of the year. They get Siakam. They stay competitive. The Raptors get Durant for four years. They get Miles Turner. Uh, they could look to re-sign him. They, they're a team that's been rumored for Turner for a little bit of a while now. The Pacers get OG, who I've been excited about for a while. We take on Joe Harris, which I'm not thrilled about, but you can look to either then trade Buddy and then have Joe Harris just kind of replace him, or you try and trade Joe Harris. It, it's not ideal, but it's a way that we can make this all work
3: did you just trade Joe Harrison, Buddy Hill, for Russell Westbrook?
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you could. The <laughs> Lakers, need, Lakers need shooters at that point.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that doesn't sound too bad, actually. I kind of like that idea. I'm, I'm curious what the money is like. Do you have the numbers in front of you in terms of, uh, like, what the cap would be like for all the teams involved?
1: I no longer do, but the, the key detail was that it saved Brooklyn $20 million, while for everyone else it worked out just fine. Like, for the Suns, it's not like – it's. I mean, not the Suns. Uh, for – for uh, the Raptors, it wasn't this this whole crazy thing because Siakam's making you know upwards of thirty million dollars. Scotty Barnes right around eight, so you're talking about roughly about thirty eight million dollars. Um, Miles Turner's at eighteen. Uh, okay, so yeah, for, for the Raptors, I think there was uh, yeah they're getting out OG at, at seventeen, so they were able to save a bunch of money. Uh, not save a bunch, but make it all work. Yes.
3: So, so what long story w-
1: short, it worked out. But the Nets were the team that saved. million here.
3: So basically what you're telling me is you could just pretty much take Joe Harris out of this deal and it would work.
1: Yeah. I I thought kind of like the nets were going to be that team that, that is really just like, well, you know, I really want someone to take Joe Harris in the situation. So I guess you could take him out of the deal. I I felt like I was trying to be as realistic as possible, Like, Hmm, are the nets going to drive a hard bargain here to get this deal done? So I guess you probably could take him out or maybe by taking on Joe Harris, Maybe the Pacers are getting a few second-round picks or, like, uh, heavily protected first over here. So it could be a situation like that.
3: Yeah, I mean, i, I just have Joe Harris coming to the Pacers doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, in my opinion, in this deal. Um, I would prefer to just to trade Miles to Toronto. And if you're getting OG back and you don't feel like – and they don't feel like it's equal value, maybe you give them one of the first. Cavs or Boston yeah. picks, right? And so now it's like Durant, Turner, and like the Cavs pick or the Boston pick. You get O.G. and Anobi outright, and they get Siakam, Barnes, and a bunch of picks. And now you're looking at Fred Van Vleet, Miles Turner, Kevin Durant, and Gary Trent Jr. Like that's me. Is good? Yeah, a decent team. But it's, I
1: think I mean it's I, K.D. You know. I mean, hey, yeah, could elevate each team.
3: Part of me wonders if they would rather trade Gary Trent instead of O.G. and Anobi. You know what I mean?
1: I'm sure they would. But if you're the Pacers, I think you'd much rather want OG than, you know, Gary Trent. Yeah, you already I, have like 100 guards like at this point. Right.
3: I'm just saying like it, it just depends on the value of what Miles Turner could get you in return. But, you know, I do. I don't hate the idea. I think adding Chris Bruchet back like we talked about, they, they signed out of Porter Jr. They've got Precious Achua. They extended Thad Young on a contract. You know so they've got some players here, but it does kind of derail their lineup a little bit because they're getting rid of three starters here for Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the cost of doing business for Durant, Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, it's a lot of money. And, it, it, uh, it is
1: here. Here's a lot what of players going out. Every single one of these three-team deals I like better as a two-team deal. All right. Every single one. I'm just like, why can't we just deal with Phoenix or like just deal with the Raptors directly? But I I know the the big thing is that the end result is how does one of these teams get Kevin Durant? So I had another one right over here. This one, uh, a little bit less flashy, I guess. Um, The Pacers get OG and Kem Birch if needed. Um, The Nets, yeah, if needed. If we don't have to, I don't want them in there. But look, the Nets get Scotty Barnes, Miles Turner, Gary Trent Jr., and a bunch of first-round picks. The Raptors get KD, Seth Curry, and you know Goga's bags are already packed, waiting by the door. So (laughs) They keep
3: Pascal, right?
1: They keep Pascal Mm. so That makes more sense. Exactly. I wanted to hit you with a little either or. So in this situation, when the Raptors aren't getting, you know, Miles Turner, they're just getting another big in Goga, someone that can shoot. Um, But you're getting Seth Curry while you're giving up Gary Trent Jr. So at that point, you're actually saving money, and Seth Curry ain't no slouch. Then you're getting KD. But you but when you're keeping, you know your core Van Vliet, uh, you know Pascal Siakam, you got KD. All of a sudden, right over there, you got your three all stars. So yeah. and then you got Seth Curry. So at that point, I felt like this deal could be realistic and a win-win for each team.
3: I like that better for the Raptors because it makes more sense for like Durant being okay with going to Toronto. Fred Van Vliet, Seth Curry, KD, Siakam, and then you've got. Your handful of centers you can pick from. Whether you want to go small ball with Thad, you got Chris Boucher, you got Precious Lachua. Yep. I like that. Obviously, you lose the option of Kim Birch in there, but what's that really matter? So, yeah. uh, I was just being funny. But nah, just- you look at the Nets; they get a generational talent, Scotty Barnes, on a rookie contract, and they get control of him for the next seven years. Um, I think that's really enticing. Like the fact that you can get him. Like I know they're going to be greedy in one. OGN and want probably O'G and back in that, or at least I'll try or at least they want uh Pascal but I think you give him Gary Trent Jr. You give him Miles you give him I mean I don't think it's the worst thing. Um I, I think the Nets probably want more but I I think sure I, they do. I'm am I'm, I'm just like personally for me if I'm the Nets and I can get Scotty Barnes for Durant I'm doing it. I'm I, I'm not even worried about Siakam at that point. I just yeah. I just feel like he is a special player and while Durant is only 31 or 32 whatever it is, is he that young?
1: Is yeah. He, yeah. He's 2007 draft. I uh, only did one year in college, uh, Texas. So I, I want to say he's right around oh, maybe it's 33. 32, yeah, 33, either, either, or.
3: Yeah. So he's still got plenty of time left on his, on his, you know, and of game. He's got plenty of game left in him. He's got plenty of years left in him, but Scotty Barnes, 20, 21 years old. You're talking about a guy that could be your franchise player for the next 10 to 15 years. So if I'm Brooklyn, I'm going that route. There's no doubt about it. I'm flipping Kyrie for whatever I can get for him. If I can, you know, I'm I'm trying just to build around Scotty Barnes. They got T.J. Warren in there. They got, you know, Royce O'Neal. I mean, they got some good players. I I don't think they're like a playoff, super playoff team with that roster. But you know, they there could be a lot worse. I mean, that's a great player to get back for Durant.
1: Yeah, I I just feel like you have enough of a team there to stay competitive, and it seemed like that's what the Nets owner wants: is it a team that can stay competitive? So. You definitely accomplished that. I think with Scotty Barnes, like you talked about, you're plugging them in for, for years to come on that rookie deal. You already have other talent there. Gary Trent Jr. Is, is someone who I feel like is playing really good basketball right now. The amount of picks that are coming in over here really helps for the amount of picks that are owed to the Rockets. I think that you're never going to be able to get a player like Kevin Durant back in this type of deal. It's about saying... Who are some promising guys that, that, that can continue to get better? And then also the picks. And I think that this combination right over here is a really good combination where I don't know how much better you're going to be able to find an offer of this. Uh, Maybe eventually it happens. It all depends how quickly do they want to get a deal done. If they're willing to drag this out, maybe it gets better or maybe it gets worse. I mean, I know Durant is way different than Ben Simmons, but remember when all of a sudden the Sixers were asking for like, four first-round picks, an all-star player in this, and then, like, they waited way too long because I think they could have got half that deal at one point for Simmons, and then eventually, you know, I mean, sure, it turned into Harden, but it took a long time to materialize. No,
3: you're right. You're right. So I I, I like the idea of, of Toronto going after Durant. I think they got a little bit more talent than what Phoenix has to get up. I mean, I think if Aiden was signed and the Nets had interest, and that would make a lot of sense. But It would. Because DeAndre Aiton is in this predicament where he's a free agent and there's rumors that they don't want him. Like it just kills like his value. So, I mean, you're talking about the rookie of the year here in Scotty Barnes and any, in both of these deals. Like, I mean, that's just a slam dunk to me. If I'm the it. Nets just to rip the band aid and move on from KD. because if KD doesn't want to be there, like I, I don't really think KD's a guy that's going to change his mind that much. Like once he's sold on something, he don't really back down from it. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't feel like Kendrick Perkins says where it's a bluff. I think it's the real deal he wants out. So um, other than that, Vachi, do you have any more trades you want to say or are we are we good with this and we can move on? Yeah, I think we're good because they just get worse. So yeah.
1: you know let's, let's just <laughs> let's just end on a high note before you go, oh, that's disgusting. Like they're not gonna do that. So <laughs> I think we'll just move on.
3: All right, Vachi. So we are now at the time we're going to pick our three winners for our giveaway for the ratings and review. Uh, And I want to thank everybody for for helping us out by doing this. We had a total of 63 entries into the contest. So if you feel like, you know, maybe your name wasn't on there, I'm sorry, but we had 63 names. These were all from emails I had gotten, screenshots I had taken from previously when those ratings and reviews were done. So if you did not send in an email, I'm sorry, but your name was not put on here. So you had to follow through with the screenshots. So 63 entries, Fachi. are you ready for... Me to click spin on my wheel of names here for our first winner. Let it spin. All right, Fachi. This is for. Do you want to you want to start low and work hard? Do you want to go all in right here? This is for the Halliburton jersey.
1: No, nah, let's, let's start small. Let's build a little anticipation here. All right, so what are we going with? The shirt? The
3: setting of the patient shirt? Let's go with the shirt. Yep. All right, let's see. All right, the wheel is spinning. I don't know if you can hear it. But let's see what happens here. All right, Fachi in the winner. I don't know if you can hear this, but there's the clapping. The winner for the Set in the Pace t-shirt is Glenn Richardson.
1: Wow. Big Glenn <laughs> coming through. Nice. Hey Glenn, we always appreciate you. I know you've been a long time listener over here. So hey, I it, it was your time, man. Good karma pays off. So congrats on the win.
3: Absolutely, Glenn. So just uh hit me up on Twitter, give me your shirt size, and we'll make sure we get that to you. And thank you so much for supporting the show. Now Fachi, are you ready for the next one, the Jermaine O'Neal autograph card?
1: Absolutely. My favorite player. There'll never be another one like Jermaine, so whoever gets this one, hey, enjoy it. All right, let's do it.
0: All right, Fachi and the winner of the
3: Jermaine O'Neal Autograph card is Jaden Parker.
1: Oh, hey, Jaden, congrats on that. You got yourself a good one. I mean, everyone's got a fond Jermaine O'Neal moment. So, hey, well deserved. Congrats.
3: All right, Jaden. And, and same for you, Glenn. Make sure you guys just message me, get me your mailing address, and I will get these out to you uh, via mail. I, I have the Jermaine O'Neill card at my house. So I will get that to you. So, Fachi. We're gonna remove those two names from the drawing because they've already won a contest. So we are down to 61 entries here, Fachi, for the basketball jersey. Uh, then that's be Halliburton. It can be whoever. So if you if you want Benedict Mather and if you want somebody like that, it's your choice. But Fachi, are you ready for it?
1: I am ready. All righty,
3: that wheel is spinning. And here is the lucky winner, ladies and gentlemen. The winner of the jersey is Ricky Kelly. Fachi. Longtime listener, Ricky Kelly coming through with the luck here at a 61 entries. Ricky Kelly is winning a jersey. So Ricky, hit us up on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you like to contact us at and let us know. Uh, what jersey you want, what size you want, and we will get that for you. So thank you, everybody, for playing. If you did not get picked, I'm sure we will do another type of giveaway here soon, Fachi.
1: Congrats, Ricky. Congrats, Glenn. Congrats, Jaden. I mean, that just awesome stuff. I mean, hey, I don't know what jersey Ricky's going to pick, but whatever, whoever he's going to pick, he's got some great options compared to years past. Where You don't know if one of these guys is going to stick around or not. I feel like the Pacers have such a young core that – Whoever he's going to get, this could be a jersey that lasts for years to come. So thank you for everybody that submitted in, you know, a rating and review. We really, really appreciate it. I've said this countless times. You guys make this show. You guys are are what pushes Alex and I to get better content out there, better guests. Just, Just make these episodes more interesting. However you're listening, if you're listening in the morning, if you're listening during the gym, if you listen at night, whatever it is, we want to make sure that we can improve your day by even half a percent. So thank you so much for everybody that participated. And this is our way of giving back.
3: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for doing this and and helping us out. And for everybody that bought one of our Setting the Pace t-shirts already, thank you so much for your support. We have put those on order, so they should be here shortly. And we'll be getting those out to you as soon as possible. I said six weeks in terms of turnaround time just to be safe but it should be quicker than that but don't want to promise anything but we will get those out to you and we're looking forward to that so thank you to everybody that filled out a pre-order form and purchased a shirt because they're going to look nice and I know this material that we're getting for these shirts is going to be fantastic I've I've actually worn a shirt from this material before so um, I wanted to go with something that I was familiar with and that was highly recommended by our printing company so uh, they're local here in Indiana and they're going to make sure they get it done for us so I want to thank them so much for, for doing that. And uh, if you guys are interested in getting some shirts printed, hit me up and I'll uh, hook you up with these guys and the husband and wife team here. They do a great job out of Fishers, Indiana. So uh, I'll, I'll hook you guys up with them. They're going to do awesome stuff for us here at Fachi. But with that being said, a pretty lengthy episode today, but lots to talk about. Let the people know where they can find us out on social media.
1: Absolutely. You could find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You could find Alex on Twitter at Alex golden MBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You could find us on Instagram at Pacers talk. You could find us on Facebook at setting the pace. You could find us on TikTok at setting the pace and Alex tell them where they can check us out on YouTube.
3: Yeah, guys, please go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel at setting the pace of Pacers podcast. We did a reaction uh, video to the Brogdon trade. And it was actually a little bit different than the podcast, a little bit shorter form. So if you guys want to check that out, do that and like the video, share the video, let your family know about it, because the more subscribers we get on there, the more we can post on there and the more different stuff we can post in there as well. So we're just slowly building that up. We're really excited to get the YouTube stuff going here soon. But Fachi, Summer League is just around the corner. I think we're all excited for that. But. If you're excited that Jalen Smith has returned to the Indiana Pacers on a two-year deal, say these three words. Let's go, Pacers! I love you, Sticks.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.